Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Margaret and Lynn Layton. Margaret is the daughter of Lynn. Margaret's in her 60s and Lynn is in her 80s. And they both run Lock Lee Antiques in Paris, Kentucky. So I wanted to interview them for a couple of reasons. One, I thought it was interesting that uh, they are a mother and daughter team running a business and because they're very well known for their knowledge of local history. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you'll know that I love collecting stories. Stories teach us something. They might inspire, clarify situations, provide a context for the present day happenings. And in that way, they help us understand what's going on around us and with us. Stories also encourage you. Stories can be something that has happened or is happening in your town, in your neighborhood, in your community. It can be a family story. It can be a story of recovery or one of loss. So I encourage you to become a collector of stories. I know my life is richer because I get to listen to the stories of people on a regular basis. And I'm providing you with some resources on the interwebs. There are a number of archives of what are called oral histories. Their oral histories is basically interviews that have been conducted with people. Sometimes you can listen to the audio recording, and then other times they just provide the written transcript. I, I like to listen to the actual recordings of the interviews because you get the inflection of tone and that kind of thing. One of the more popular and, and known robust kinds of archives is the StoryCorps archive. It's the largest archive of stories. I believe they have 30,000 conversations right now in their archive. I'm also going to give you the link to a TED Talk that was given by the founder of StoryCorps. His name is Dave Isay, I-S-A-Y. And again, I will link that in the show notes. But you can search for, for archives that have to do with particular experiences, such as the History Makers or the Civil Rights Movement Archive. So again, I will give you several of those links in the show notes. Like, like I say, I find it to be a very fulfilling uh, kind of experience to sit metaphorically at the, at the feet of an elder and listen to their life experiences. So enjoy this episode and think about how you might become a collector of stories or a storyteller yourself. 
I think both roles are really important. So thank you and enjoy the conversation. Today, I'm chatting with Margaret and Lynn of Lockley Antiques, and you're on the Main Street in Paris. What is your address here? We're at 624 Main Street. 624 Main Street. So I just want to talk to them a little bit about the history of their business, as well as kind of the history of some, we were talking earlier about some art in Bourbon County. So tell me about how this business was started. Well, I guess I've always been a collector. The antique part of it started, oh, probably around 42 years ago. I started in doing as a business collecting local things as well as Eastern, you know, New England things. Didn't have a shop at that time, but we did have, uh, we did group shows in Mm -hmm. uh, shops like in Lexington where you have a booth. It was a learning experience, especially the shows. It was a great way to learn. Right. And uh, then in about uh, 37 years ago, uh, we had a physical place on Main Street down by the pool room, okay. and uh, that was great because we had room. We could oh yeah, some of the thing. big spaces down yes, there. It was yes, very important. Yeah, we, we could build a, a reputation with customers all right. over. Right, and so uh, and then we moved up here about twelve years ago. Okay, to this spot, okay. which has been a big change and big improvement because. There's so many other businesses right here in this area. Yes, you get more foot traffic. Well, yeah. and also there's horse-related businesses too. Yes. Which yeah. grows like-minded people. Right. So that's been great. So, right. Uh, we've, we've, our main mission is Kentucky. Is Kentucky. Okay. And, well, I think and, that's what I love about it. You can come in here and, and, and learn. So, Margaret, when did you get kind of exposed me to antiques and inoculated me. Not that you talked about it a lot. <laughs> it's a passion. It's yes. a passion. People yeah. become antique dealers because they're collectors. You right. Don't, you don't do it for the money. There's not that huge remuneration, but you love it. And there's always something to learn every day. And the internet makes that easier. You yes. Know, you can learn. And it, it makes it challenging. You know, the whole business... It, Retail has changed tremendously in the 40s, mm-hmm. two years you've been yeah. involved. Sure yeah. you've seen yeah. that. Mom's been involved. We had Lockley Farm. That's yes. how the antique shop got its name from the farm. Okay. And uh, so it was natural we do the horse things. And I just sort of extended that when I uh, started working full time with the shop, which was, I guess, pretty much about 12 years ago, about the time. About the tenure moved here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As it seems as though you two are, you're passionate about your business, and and so it. it's a joy mm-hmm. yeah. most of the time. <laughs> and we love sharing the joy of antiques and the stories. Yes, and we're both history lovers, and because antiques teach you a lot about history and what the people yes. were like and how they coped with things, and and you talk about made in Paris, the antiques were made on site, so to speak, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To, to deal with life. You have a real passion for the tools. I love the tools. Oh, they, yeah. Uh, we have quite a collection in the, in the back part. Okay. Things that were used agriculturally, they were used in the kitchens, mm-hmm. uh, the, the pans, especially the things that they made when they had parties and entertainment. Oh, yeah. So they, they were more decorative, uh, ornate, not necessarily. Oh, okay. no, they were functional okay. things. 
things. Okay. But often handmade. Yeah. Uh, to for a certain purpose. And what materials uh, oh. do you see a lot in the in well the tools? tools. There could be uh, ceramics. Uh, mm -hmm. They could be tin, like all sorts of materials. Whatever they had at hand, I guess is what if I'm trying to say. Yes, and often it would be beautiful, but now we consider it beautiful at the time it's very functional. For instance, there are handmade tin lanterns called marker lanterns, and they have all this beautiful punch work and so Yes. Think back on the time of the pioneer, and you were going to my house, and you didn't really know exactly where my cabin was, and you had directions and all, and but you had been told by me what kind of lantern I had. It was oh. called a marker lantern. Oh, isn't that fascinating? And you know, no house numbers. <laughs> no. <laughs> and especially at night. No GPS. Right. right. No GPS. <laughs> my have times have changed. Exactly. And that's what antiques teach. Yes, absolutely. It is well, what that's life great. is like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we were also talking about what was it, the 1880s to the early 1900s, there were a lot of um, female uh, <gasps> uh, artists making quilts, and I'll well, let you finish you know, the story. Quilts were handcrafted for the, with love for the home, and they yes. have now become pieces of art. But they were very practical, and yet they were done with love and creativity, yes. and ones that survived were very highly valued in some beautiful stitchery here in Bourbon County. But there were also items painted. They would paint on anything in the home, mirrors and glass and china. You know, the china painting you hear so much about, but it was far more than that. And there were some beautiful examples. There's a Example in the Cincinnati Museum of uh, the Cincinnati art carving is considered a school, but it was done by a lady right here in Bourbon County okay. who traveled there and uh, learned and came home and did some wonderful things. And some of her examples are at the Hopewell Museum. Mm -hmm. and okay, and what is her name? I'm not remembering it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Denise at the, at the museum. Uh, yeah, uh, but they were just so creative. And yeah. women had this need to express themselves that we find on hundreds of different kinds of items that we carry here in the shop. The baskets that were made for practical reasons were done, again, with artistry and love and now are very collectible. And, okay. uh, and people around Central Kentucky had a, had a respect and appreciation for these things that were made, mm -hmm. and they didn't throw them away. And so we have, we used to say, we have some yeah. great attics here in Birmingham. <laughs> treasures coming out all the time. So, uh, yeah. That's great. Now you said that there's some pieces from Bourbon County in the Smithsonian. There are quilts. 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 Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. And there are probably other pieces and so forth. Bourbon County has always been. I love the Hopewell Guild because it's just a current manifestation of 200 plus years of history. Yeah. Do you know that the reciprocating fishing reel was invented right here in Bourbon County? I did not know that. That's why I'm going to just come and park myself <laughs> in your shop by and just Bourbon absorb. County silversmith. And you talk about okay. silver and people love it and they chase it and it's valued. But a silversmith named George Snyder in 1810 figured out how to create a reciprocating fishing wheel that had complicated mechanisms so that you could basically reel, I mean, you could 
spin it faster if it's gears and so on. I'm not not very... It's okay, you know a whole lot more than I do. (laughs) And it spread like wildfire all over the country. Unfortunately, he didn't get the patent, but he is recognized. And first, he was president of the Bourbon County Anglers Club. There you go. And solving a problem. Yes. How to become a better fisherman. Absolutely. (laughs) He created the reciprocating fishing reel. Made out of coin silver. Thank you very much. Right here in Paris. Well, I certainly wish that we could start telling these stories to young people in the community. Mm-hmm. We, we do would. that a lot. You do? <laughs> okay. So, how, yeah. so, okay. So they come in and then you are able to, what, what age, what age do they seem to get interested in this? It depends, your experience. It depends on their parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, some of them were quite small, you know. But we encourage them to ask questions when they're in here. And yeah. We, we do great with the children's books. We give them a half percent, a uh, half discount, you know, on a book they choose to help them. If under 16, you get half off a book. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that policy. <laughs> Anything yeah. too. And, uh, you know, I, I also love history. And uh, I think that history informs the present so much that mm-hmm. you can sort of understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and many times I don't panic because I know that it happened before and we got through it, right? <laughs> so exactly. it just gives you that context to yeah. that too, yeah. how to interpret. We don't carry this. very many contemporary books, but we do uh, have new histories. We have Into the Bluegrass by Mel Hankla. We have Hank Everman's history of okay. Paris and Bourbon County. And uh, so the new books that we have are history books. Yes. Okay. Okay. And we have lots of Kentucky and horse books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're really all about Kentucky and horses as far as our product. Well, you are. And then we have other things, too. But, you know, that's kind of our our first passion. Right. And I grew with people from all over. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how are you feeling about the Secretariat Park going to be uh, opening soon? And. And the well, it's a validation, it a validation of what we've been doing, and you know, it just uh, we have so many people that we tell about the park, and because we, we did, we draw horse lovers from all, literally all over the world, okay. South America, Europe, Asia, Australia, yeah, okay. everywhere, yeah, and uh, they know that we have the real deal, and uh, you know that we have actual items uh, going back. Right. To, time and uh, we have the older things and memorabilia. So talk to me a little bit about, and and I know you've been selling and, you know, and collecting things for a very long time, but how in the antique world, and I think this also, this question will also apply to other types of businesses. How did you go about developing your credibility with the public? By being truthful. Truthful? Okay. Always telling them the truth. Okay. And if we don't know, we say we don't know, but we'll find out. Yes. And that's one thing Margaret's wonderful about is doing the research ah. and finding the real story behind things. She's uh, just fierce about doing the research. That's why well, I enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes mom says, are you chasing rabbits again? Well, that's what I was just going to ask you. How many rabbit holes oh, do you go but down? But, you know, you find some wonderful oh, things. Oh, I know. Those rabbit holes. Oh, some really, real connections. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. The stories behind things. And you and find, we put them on the, our business card on the back of our business card. We have an, yeah, we have an oversized business card. Okay. So that we 
write on the back of them, we call them story cards, the story about the piece. Oh, Especially excellent. if you're buying something as a gift for someone. Right. We can tell you that that's fine, that it goes in with the gift. And do you handwrite oh, these? Oh, yes. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm thinking down at the Guild Gallery yeah. that that might be a really nice yeah. addition. Yeah. Exactly. I hope you don't mind if I no, steal your idea. We love it. We love uh, it. But because because people many... like the stories. Right. It helps that relationship building. Right, right. And they also like it the way you're meeting you're meeting people down at the gallery. Yeah. Yes. And meeting the artists. Yes. And, and interacting. Yes. Yeah. It's so personal. It yes. really is. Yeah. Yes. Art is supposed to be personal. Right. <laughs> right. And I love that you have you know, I'm not gonna think of this as an antique shop. Uh, only I'm going to think about it as a story shop, <laughs> right? It's great. Uh, you're yeah. you're telling the stories. And, you know, we also carry Kentucky folk art. Yes, it, it had a, a huge surge in the 1990s, and we had several artists mm -hmm. that we represented exclusively here, and that's coming back around. The appreciation for again the story. The, right. People are looking for their roots. So and what artists did you carry? Uh, uh, was it the James Allen Bloomfield yeah. and uh, the, the Kirby Knob Boys? The Miller Boys. The Miller Boys. Okay. And we would have Minnie Atkins and other yeah, artists. Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah, ask, ask about, about But those were ones that we had exclusives. Uh, okay. We had their work exclusive. Okay. Yeah. And it was such fun to go down and to their homes. Oh, yes. Retrieve their treasures on site, you know. And, yes. Uh, listen to their music. Uh, yeah, it was just a, and then you could tell the story so much better because you saw the maker oh, yeah, in yeah. their habitat, <laughs> right? Right. You could, right. Uh, give it, but uh, so storytelling. I love the idea. Uh, but about what size are your are your business cards? It's just a double size. Double size. Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Size. And handwritten on the back. Mm -hmm. I like the personal touch yeah. uh, on that. We're getting away from that so much. Uh, but, uh, so I know speaking of learning and researching and, and telling stories and educating the public, I, I know that in the past you have had like small events here like on Saturday mornings. We call it coffee for collectors. Okay. And actually people, we learned about Facebook live <laughs> about halfway through those and are we connected the, I, and we had Facebook live. Okay. And they are stored on our Facebook page. Okay. So you can go and learn about cut glass and some of the other topics. We did one on Kentucky folk art that is there. About half of the talks that we had were before we learned before <laughs> the light bulb went on. But uh, Yeah, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> it, uh, all good things happen when they're supposed to happen. I, I put off doing Facebook lives for, I don't know, three or four years. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought over the winter time. You know, you need to get over yourself. Well, with COVID, <laughs> you with COVID came, yeah. we weren't able to do the talks. We did a, a couple of book signings. Mel Hankler was here and did his book and, and did his talks yeah. and about things. And So do you plan on continuing those sorts of events? Well, I have to say, it, it's gotten difficult. And there are so many events going on now. And yes. it's really hard to work around those things. So we haven't gotten back into the routine of that yet because we haven't okay. figured out our crystal ball as to when. <laughs> oh, well, when you figure it out, would you please let me know? But yeah. Do you have, because you have done some in the past, do you have any advice for retailers who want to start kind of a program on how to let people know about it, how to organize it, any 
any any advice for people? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think to to mom's point about being honest in our information. Yeah. Be yourself as to what you do. If you do a Facebook Live or do something, don't do it because somebody else did that subject or do, do what fits your business. Okay. And okay. your image. Right. Okay. And your image. Right. And the most important thing a business person can do is know themselves. Yes. And represent themselves accordingly. Yes. <laughs> because if you try and be fake, it'll come across. Yes. <laughs> and the only yes. yes. And that's another thing. People are looking for connection now. Yeah. And you can provide that just yes. be yourself. Excellent. Yeah. Very, and very. then the other thing too is, and this is so evident downtown Paris, is help each other. Yes. People and people come and we tell them about the guild and oh, really okay, thank you. And they're so yeah. surprised that we're telling them about other people, other businesses. That's what it's supposed to be like. That's, That's why this network yeah. is. Yeah. I started and don't it. Yeah. Start without us telling them about Tracy across the street, sure, because she's collectibles and yeah. we're antiques and collectibles, and you know. Why wouldn't you want people to know? Well, and I, I used to have a shop over in Midway mm -hmm. at the time when they had a lot of antique stores, mm -hmm. early 2000s, and people would really enjoy going to that town because right. they knew they could poke around in antique shops for the whole day. Right. You know, exactly. get something to eat, see some artists. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the vision I have for yeah. downtown Paris. Is and, and we would send them you know, to other places right, and, right. and that kind of yeah. thing. So, so do you primarily rely on Facebook Pretty business? Yeah, or? She's very good about posting new arrivals. And, yes, uh, I follow it. Sometimes yeah. more than others. You know, well, life life gets in the way right, exactly. Yeah, but it, and it does work. I mean, people then, uh, we're not in the business of a mail order catalog, you know. It, right. We don't ship a lot of things uh, because it's so time consuming yes. and involved. And Well, and you have so. some very large pieces here, right. so that right. wouldn't be yeah. too fuzzy. We have lots of people, oh, okay, hold that, I'll be in tomorrow and pick it up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a communication tool as much as it is a sales tool. Yes. And the communication is important. Yeah. Uh, you find that your sweet spot for a target audience is reached by Facebook. You're not trying Instagram or TikTok, which I really don't know anything about, but I'm just showing my age. <laughs> Plus, you know, I've, I've convinced myself that TikTok, I don't need to learn about TikTok because it's for younger people and that's not my target audience mm -hmm. for my products. So can we get by without <laughs> adding something else to our lives? Without that that's, that's, that goes back to my point, to what you're comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. If you're comfortable with TikTok, do it. Fine. Right. That means that you're probably of an audience that TikTok will appeal to. Okay. If you're not comfortable with, don't try and force it. It right. will show. Right. <laughs> and right. it's just like um, when we started out, we tried uh, Twitter as well as Facebook and Instagram was getting started. And we, we just gauge, follow what is getting, you're getting feedback about. The results. Right, yeah. right. And, and it doesn't have to be direct sale. You know, yeah. And, and, but uh, for instance, our audience for the collectibles is not a Twitter oriented audience. Right. So I quit trying to make the effort. Okay. And, you know, so just kind of go with what works. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Don't feel, 
don't don't guilt yourself. Just yes. get out there and do what you're comfortable with. Well, I've been in a lot of antique stores, and um, very rarely does the owner like engage in conversation. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh. Well, that's not us. Maybe I look formidable or something. <laughs> the reason I don't know, that we but... do this is because we own all of this. It's not consignment. It's not consignment. Yeah. Okay. So okay. It's, it's very personal to us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we do have a passion that we like to share the stories behind things. Okay. Because one piece of advice we do give a lot of people, especially young people getting started with antiques, is buy what you like. Buy mm-hmm. what speaks to you. Don't buy with a price guide in one hand and the item in the other. Because you're never, if if you get enjoyment from it, it doesn't matter what that price guide says. Right. And right. follow your passion. Okay. And and then those price guides, because prices go up and down, just like the stock market. Right. I mean, uh, Kentucky Folk Art 10 years ago was lagging. Now it's coming back. And because there's more interest. Right. 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 You'll supply and demand. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right now, Victorian items are kind of off. They're coming back, but they're not what they were 10, 15 years ago. So okay. it cycles. So if you're buying from you know what a price guide says, you're going to be upset, be disappointed. Right. And so buy what you like, and then don't worry about matchy matchy. You know, if you like it and it's Victorian and this is mid-century modern, it'll right. work. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, so what kind of plans do you have for the future? Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping <laughs> on. Okay. And the main thing that I like to stress to new customers, not customers, new businesses, is to be consistent Yes. with your hours. We're here six days a week, no matter what. And people depend on that. If they find a closed door, they feel rejected. Right. And so I, it's I very understand. And, and and sometimes when it's a you know a one person operation, it's difficult mm-hmm. uh, to keep yeah, those very, consistent. Very difficult. Uh, but uh, yes, I understand the <laughs> the principle of it. I've I've found that sometimes the reality <laughs> is a is a little different. You know, I've done work in a lots of, in lots of of small towns and. That is the perennial issue is that, well, people aren't open enough or they're inconsistent with their hours. And I'm like, you know, so noted. (laughs) So you're just going to keep doing what you're doing because it's working for you, which is great. There's no need to change. What is it? If it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Well, so tell us again what your hours are, where you're located, how they can can find you. We're at 624 Main Street. We're right one door away from the corner of 7th and Main in downtown Paris. And we're open 10 until 4, Monday through Saturday, and by appointment. So you can okay. make an appointment. We're glad to come. We've been here 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> People want to buy, we're here. Yes. <laughs> right. All right. And we come in on Sunday afternoons if somebody, you know, wants that's when they want to come and so forth. But uh, it's just, you know, hard to sit here and wait for people to come 24-7. Oh, <laughs> you're, I've heard we're supposed to have a life outside of our business. Really. I, I'm not doing that. But, uh, that's what people tell me. <laughs> but thank you for all you're doing with, with 
Oh, it's my pleasure. I just love listening to people's stories. And and, uh, like I said, I think I'm going to be a regular here so I can just learn. Okay. (laughs) Thanks so much. All right. And thank you, Lynn. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.